Podcast. 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 Hello and welcome to Na 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 Podcast, the Batman podcast for people who hate Batman. I'm Danny. And I'm Chelsea. And we are here covering episodes 8 through 11 or 12. We'll see how much we get through. Uh, we had so much fucking trouble with that audio. Hopefully we got it this time. I, I cursed in the middle of it. Yeah. And I said Batman instead of podcast on the first <laughs> one. So. You're not good at this. Maybe next week. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe next week. This movie is so garbage. I This is like a monkey's paw kind of thing where like I wished to just talk about Batman all the time and like it, the ironic twist is like I have to talk about this thing. Yes. Where Batman sucks. Where Batman is awful. So right now in our tally of I hate Batman and Danny loves Batman, <laughs> I am winning so far with this serial because we both hate it. I'm coming over to your side. Batman may be awful. Yeah. I may have been wrong. I'm telling you, Batman is the worst. Uh, do you want to, how have you been doing? I haven't seen you in two weeks. We recorded, like, the first two episodes together, and then we couldn't record last week. Uh, how you been? What have you been up to? Um, well, last Saturday, 4th of July weekend, a friend of mine in town decided, yeah, let's go to Coney Island. And my boyfriend lives near there, and he has no desire to go to Coney Island during the day because there's too many people. Uh-huh. Which is fair. So we, like, got up early, my friend and I, and we went to the beach, and I'm, like, really 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 white as we might have mentioned before so i'm like super just like so on top of my sunscreen game like i wear like spf 60 like neutrogena like face sunscreen on almost my entire body but i cannot put cream sunscreen on my own back so i found a can of spray sunscreen Uh that was like 50 spf i was like this is gonna be perfect put it on my back went to the beach reapplied when we were leaving the beach and some like terrifying old woman was like you should put a t-shirt on you are very sunburnt and I was like fuck and then she said very racist things to an Italian man who cut line (laughs) to shower off his feet and while I appreciated the sentiment because I hate line cutters I was like oh I thought you were going to say because I hated Italians (laughs) no I love Italians it's fine (laughs) but like I hate line cutters she was like though she kind of was just a terrifying old woman like very unattractive <laughs> anyway i like got home and like showered off and i looked at my back in my boyfriend's mirror and it was the reddest like grossest sunburn like there's a picture on my instagram if you want to check it out later it was so bad i could not like put clothes on for like two days i like, couldn't cover my back i haven't worn a real bra in two weeks because i couldn't deal with it and now it's peeling um gross which is very gross. My boyfriend calls it human jerky, <laughs> which I agree with. It's quite a guy, your boyfriend. Really got away with words, and um, it's itchy when it peels, and it's gross because I can't get it. It's in the middle of my back, and I've been thinking a lot about snakes uh-huh. and how they like shed their skin. Right. And I just want to know if they like if it's itchy for them, like because mine's like itchy, like dry, like peely. It's coming off. Snakes don't, they can't scratch anything. Exactly. They just got to wiggle out of it, which yeah. is kind of what I feel like doing, like wiggling out of it, but I can't. It's attached. <laughs> it's literally the worst sunburn I've ever had. Oh, but the reason yeah. I discovered when I got home 
was like, why the fuck did the sunscreen not work? It was expired. Uh. Sunscreen can expire, and when it expires, it is basically Crisco. I was, say, I, I was hoping you were going to realize it was actually one of those like spray butter things or something. That would be amazing. <laughs> or like a can of Pam. <laughs> no, it was just expired sunscreen. Someone was telling me that... Um, no, actually, I don't want to say this because I, I feel like I'm becoming the voice of racism on this podcast. I'm, I'm not going to say oh what I've done. Somebody, my, my co-worker who is a black, an African-American gentleman himself. This yes. is not a thought that I had. This is, I'm repeating something that was told to me. He said that there are black women uh, who use Pam as like a, like a moisturizer. That really? That's a thing. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, like canola oil, coconut oil, whatever. It's, I, I don't know. I have no, no precedence for it. It probably smell like cupcakes or something. <laughs> Nothing so wrong with that. Not, not at all. That is amazing. I will Google that later. <laughs> that Are you going to try thing. this? No. <laughs> I don't trust spray things anymore. If it's aerosol, I don't want it. But I'm curious if that really is a thing or if he was just like trying to be like, I'm going to tell this white guy something absurd and see if he believes it. He could totally have done that. I would have yeah. been ready to believe anything he said. Yeah. I feel like that's just who you are. Like, yeah, I'm not going to like to dispute what you're saying I'm pretty trusting yeah, yeah. yeah there's actually there's a scientific study I read that said that people with higher intelligence levels uh-huh. are more likely to be like gullible because you have um, a higher threshold of believing things because you can like find ways to rationalize them or like and I was like wow that makes me feel really smart because <laughs> I'm kind of gull- gullible too I'm pretty gullible I, I tend to just like trust just want to trust everybody so bad that it's it's like hard for me to believe people are doing something wrong even when there's like overwhelming evidence yeah like uh i had a i used to have a friend my uh, my old roommate a couple years ago who was he, he was very good friends with a mutual friend's girlfriend and uh they started like hanging out all the time and they were like uh sleeping in like the same bed sometimes like no we're just friends that's the thing friends do is they just sleep in the same bed all the time when and i was like oh yeah and i was like defending them to other people when everyone else is like no they're, they're cheating on this this guy i'm like no no that's ridiculous they would not do that they're just friends <laughs> they're just friends oh, who just no. sleep in the same bed that's a thing that fr- that's a normal thing that's that a friends normal do. thing that adult friends do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's totally a thing so uh it turned out they were cheating yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he told me afterwards, they're like, hey, come on, how do you not know? Like, I just want to believe the good in people. Right. <laughs> like, how did you make, how is this a bad thing yeah. that I'm trusting you? Also, I think there's something to be said, like, for me, I'm a super straightforward, very blunt person. Like, I don't have a lot of filters on, like, things I will or will not talk about. Hmm. So, like, I just don't lie pretty much ever. So I just kind of assume that everyone else is always telling the truth uh-huh. because I, it's not ever my instinct to lie about things. I'm just like, yeah, that really embarrassing thing did happen to me. Or like, yeah, I did a really bad job on that. I'm sorry. Like, I just, I don't get it. So when people lie to me, I guess I'm really easy to lie to because I'm just like, yeah, they're telling the truth. I would tell the truth. I 
feel like as I've gotten older, I've started to care less and less what other people think. Yeah. And, like, I'm gradually, I'm heading, I, I can totally understand, like, why old people just say racist stuff and just blurt out things. And, like, I'm, I'm approaching that direction where I just say whatever I want. Like, I don't care if my stories are boring anymore. I'll just keep talking because oh, this is yeah. what I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. There used to be, like, a, like a moment of consciousness while you're telling a story that's like, no one else is enjoying this. And you'd be like, never mind. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't care. I want to tell the story. So I want the story to get out. I don't care what anyone thinks. Exactly. I, it may be boring, but this is my life, and yeah. you're going to hear about it because <laughs> I don't want to hear about yours. Speaking of boring things, let's get into the, the beat by beat of uh, part we're at part eight, right? Part eight, part yeah. Eight. Lured by radium. Uh, so when we last left Batman, he was uh, down an elevator shaft about to be crushed by this elevator that had spikes on the bottom for some reason. So at the start of this, Robin pulls a lever to stop the elevator seconds, below, seconds before it crushes Batman. Then Linda convinces Bruce and Dick to go back to the radium mine for some reason, and Daku... He puts the, the Cartwright or whatever the, the Colton. Colton, the guy who owns the mine. He puts Colton, uh, in, he makes him into a zombie and he tortures him until he agrees to take them to the mine. Right. Well, he starts making him into a zombie and then right. Colton's like, this fucking sucks. And he's like, stop, I'll take you to the mine. And you're like, what? You, everyone else was like, no, no, I'll be a zombie before I become your servant. And he was like, this hurts, so no more. <laughs> I felt like they were setting Colton up to be just like a much more important character. He, he just kind of drops off. But we haven't gotten to the end. He, he's just going to kind of drop out of sight later on. But let's not skip too far ahead. Uh, so the criminals drive up to a trading post and ask a white guy who's pretending to be Native American. Oh, no, American this is Batman and Robin, then. No, no, before them. Before them, the criminals. I don't remember them talking to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the criminals drive up to a trading post, and they ask a white guy who's pretending to be Native American for water, and uh, they just refer to him as Sitting Bull, and the man just kind of looks at them and goes inside, and they drive off. You didn't remember... I remember this now yeah. because they don't talk to him. Right. It goes nowhere. Yeah. There's no reason to, to really have that except it sets up... They just need to put like, water in the car. Yeah. It, it just sets up more racism later on. That's the only reason <sighs> to include that. Yeah. Really bad. He's, he's definitely a white guy, right? Oh, yeah. He's totally a white I guy. I feel like there, this is 1943. There's no way they hired anyone of any other ethnicity right. to play any part that's not white. Yeah. Like, the, there's no reason the character even needed to be Native American. No. They could have had him be a white character. Just like a white guy. That, which is honestly like, okay, if Gotham is like allegedly like New York City, right? Uh -huh. That's like the parallel of it. Or like Chicago, even put it in the Midwest. It's more likely that one of those trading posts would have been run by, like, a scary white guy with a banjo that was like, you smell real nice. Like, you know, like that. I know that's playing into another stereotype, but, like, I feel like that would have been more accurate than a fake Native American As a white American person, guy. I'm going to be, I'm going to say I'm okay with you playing into that stereotype. I'm not offended. Okay, you're from Virginia. I'm yeah. from Kentucky. <laughs> we are very aware that there is some truth to that stereotype, and yeah. that's fine. It's quaint and charming, and people do smell nice when they shower. I'm from northern Virginia. It's not really the south. <laughs> it just, in the, I just want to make that distinction. Nobody outside of Virginia cares or knows what that distinction is, but just want to put that out there. Just in case. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, is it? This is another thing where. Is it better to have a character who is Native American, even if he's played by a white guy, or is it? Would this movie be more or less racist if all the characters were white and there are no characters who were white at all? I. Not no characters were not white. Right, I see what you're saying. I think that it's more racist to write characters in when they're intended only as like, because none of these characters that are non-white have any kind of like emotional depth actual character. They serve as plot devices. To be fair, that's also true of the white characters. Okay, fair enough <laughs> at this point. But, like, also I think we kind of have to look at it in the perspective of, like, now. And, like, at least now I can, like, off of one hand name a couple of characters that are Asian American that have, like, um, shows that are about them in a way that's not specifically racist. There's that sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah. Um, my Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has I've an Asian um, yeah. lead romantic character. So that's great. Like, that's definitely a step in the right direction. It's a tiny step in whatever. It's like, the thing with the Native American character is none of that has happened. No. So people largely play, still white people are largely playing Native American characters, mm-hmm. with the exception of The Revenant. Which was... Oh, yeah, I thought you were talking about someone in this. Uh, yeah. But uh, the one thing I wanted to say is that um, with your thing about it might make more sense of like a hillbilly character, uh, I'm kind of wondering if this is set in Gotham. Is it ever explicitly said that it's in Gotham? Because there's that one scene earlier where Bruce gets the, the letter and it's addressed to an L.A. address. So is this Does Gotham not come until later? I think it was in the comic books, but I don't think the people who made this movie ever read the comic books. <laughs> They're like, we're in Hollywood. This yeah. is what it is. Yeah. We got the name. Uh, that's all we need to know. All right, that's a good point. But this is still really fucking racist. Oh, no question. No I question. mean, the man speaks in barely sentences. Yeah. In fact, in this scene, later on, you get a little bit more of him, and it just only makes him more racist. Here, I don't think he even speaks at all. He doesn't speak here. Yeah. No. They just say, like, they just pull up, like, hey, sitting bowl, put some put water in our car. And he just kind of looks at them and just walks off. Because it's really fucking racist <laughs> right. to do that. <laughs> and he was like, fuck you guys. Yeah. You know, good for him. Good for him. For good not for him. Be, like, for yeah. Not taking it. For being like, no, that's terrible. You don't know my name. It's probably John or something. Like <laughs> I'm a white guy. Yeah. I'm not even a Native American. Jesus. I don't want this show to be just all about racism, but there's so little to talk about in this without, and there's just so much racism. Well, I think that it's like that if we ignored the racism. Right. It would be very bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I feel like I'm so unqualified to talk about this because there's yeah. so little to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so the. Colson, Colt, whatever the miner's name is, uh, he takes them to the mine, and he leaves them in there. He knocks away their lantern, and then he runs away. Meanwhile, Batman, Robin, uh, Linda, and Alfred go to the miner's cabin for some reason, and then Batman and Robin go to the cave, leaving Alfred and the girlfriend there alone. Uh, the miner then emerges into the cabin from a secret passage. Right. Um... Why does he have a secret passage from the cave 
to his cabin. I guess for safety, like in for case safety? of emergency, it, it comes into play very well this next these next few episodes. But it's not even like I kind of understand if there's some kind of passageway. But this was clearly like a secret thing. Like he came up from the floor, and they're all surprised. It just felt yes. like there's okay. So Linda and Alfred stay in the cabin because they're like, yeah, we're gonna. We skimmed over the really racist dialogue of the oh, you sitting bull guy. Movie? Oh, yeah. yes, the entire serial. <laughs> yeah. But the sitting bull guy literally, like, Batman pulls up and is like, hey, old chap, like, you know about this? This is Colton. You know anything about him? Oh, right, right. And right. he literally is like, me no Colton. And he speaks like a caveman. Me no see Colton. Rock come from cave in mountain. Rock, because it's a radium. And then so they tried, like, what? Linda's like, oh, that's a nice bowl. And then he, she, like, takes it, and Batman gives him some money. He's like, keep the change. And the guy's like, Indians won't take gifts. <laughs> then Robin, so they, like, take another bowl because of fair is fair. Yeah. To be fair, taking gifts has not worked out well for Native Americans <laughs> in the past, so that seems like a good policy. Yeah. Um, but then they're, like, driving away, and Robin goes, well, that's clear as mud. Like, shut up, Robin, you little dick. It's funny because his name is actually Dick. Right. So, but yeah. Oh, I totally forgot something too. The um, when they call the the Indian guy Sitting Bull, and you're saying how like his name's probably John, the the trading post actually says Steve's Indian Trading Post. Yeah. It's like that's his name is Steve. His name is Steve, guys. <laughs> it's right there. There's a huge sign. It says Steve. <laughs> I mean, he can barely speak English the way they put him together, but his name's Steve, so. Right. And then Linda says something about, I guess my woman's intuition failed me this time. Yeah. And I was like, what? How was your women's intuition supposed to tell you anything about a secret passageway under a table? <laughs> and also, your woman's intuition is terrible. You keep just walking into bad situations, and you're like, they told me to come alone. That sounds safe. Do, 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 do. Like, maybe we should just not trust your intuition, because it seems bad. It seems just bad. I just read this thing that women's intuition is like an actual, uh, like, proven thing for like some things. Yeah. Like women on their period are better at uh, spotting snakes and gay guys. Or like when when you're ovulating, you can spot snakes and gay guys better. That seems like a cool superpower. Yeah, it is. Like I, I want someone to write a comic book. Someone write a comic. <laughs> Do it. I want to read it. That's fucking crazy. Well, also like almost always like. Anytime a woman is like, not anytime, but a lot of times when a woman is like assaulted or raped, she'll be like, I felt really uncomfortable in this situation, or like I felt like I shouldn't get in the elevator with that guy, or I shouldn't go to the parking garage, mm -hmm. or there was something weird about this person, but I didn't want to be like overreacting and overdramatic, so I ignored it, and then I got assaulted or raped or whatever. Yeah. Um, so there is something to be said about women's intuition. I like, don't know if that's specifically a female thing. No, though. but like. Still, intuition is a thing. In, general, yeah. in those situations, women apply. Sure. But Linda should not use hers because it's broken. She's dumb. Yeah. She's a, she's a dumb lady. She's, but she's got the job for like a bunch of like really high up doctors. Like. Yeah, she's some kind of scientist. Receptionist or something. Oh yeah, maybe she's. A, I was gonna say that's like kind of progressive, but no, she's like a receptionist. She's a receptionist, for, for, but for, for like some really like. But her uncle does know them. Yeah. Maybe she is dumb. She's definitely dumb. Yeah. So then Colton pops off from under the table. Right. Escapes from the mine. He's going to blow it up. Yeah. 
But bad news, Batman and Robin just ran into the mine. Right. Well, first Alfred just runs <laughs> runs away, and uh, I guess he's running to the mine. He's trying to tell Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah. He's like running like full speed in like a tuxedo, like a butler suit. He's not a fast runner. He's not a fast runner, and he's not wearing good running clothes. No. And uh, he gets caught by some criminals. Then Batman and Robin run in the cave and just start punching. There's at least one scene in every one of these serials where they just burst in somewhere and just start punching. No questions asked. Yeah. No. Yeah. No questions. No. No like trying be sneaky or just, just run in as fa- and just start punching everyone. Yeah, I would never let either one of them ever babysit my kids if I had kids. <laughs> uh, the criminals kidnap Linda and then uh, somebody blows up some dynamite for some reason in the cave. I literally have a note that says a fight ensues. What will Batman fall down this time? <laughs> These things are so formulaic. Just every time he's, it seems like he's dead. And then it starts off with, oh no, he's not really dead because... Because Robin saved him again! Or he secretly jumped out of the way at the last second. Yeah, like that car thing, that was... Has that happened yet? I I don't know, it's like five car things. It's really... Batman didn't die. No, he never died. It's it's, it's so shitty. Yeah. I started playing this drinking game uh, with this serial... Every time this is the worst movie ever, I get blackout drunk. And uh, so <laughs> I was really drunk through a lot of this. I watch a lot of it at work Yeah. because um, I hate my job, mm. like everyone does, I yeah. guess. And uh, I literally, it's not as, like doing my job is not as bad as watching a serial sometimes. <laughs> like I have to stop watching it and be like, I'm just going to take a break and do my terrible job. Part nine, the sign of the Sphinx. So Batman and Robin, uh, they starts with them, some uh, previous Batman kind of thing where they're fighting in a mine. And, oh, I wrote down, Batman is, we, we talked about this a little bit before, but his fighting style is so weird. Ooh. He does this weird move where he kind of clutches his right arm to his chest and just starts flailing around and punching with his left hand. Um, it's because he's an American. <laughs> he's hand over his heart. <laughs> oh, oh, I see what you're saying. That's what he's doing. It's, I, it, it bothers me so much that he doesn't have like any kind of fighting talent or abilities. I just feel like they should have just like gone to a relatively blue-collar neighborhood. Mm. If they're going to speak, like get somebody that sounds like this Batman does, they should have at least gotten somebody who's been arrested for bar fights a couple of times. And then they would have been like, boom, there you go. You got some fighting. You just fight like you fight and... There you go. I mean, stage combat is not, like, a new thing. No, he went to school for theater, so he probably learned, like, Shakespearean stage combat, and maybe that's, like, the whole, like, isn't there, like, a fencing thing where you put, like, one hand behind your back and you, like, sort of fight with the other because it's fair or something? Yeah, but you don't... I'm uh, just trying to, like, think of a way to make it. It's like if you just picked a random person, like, a random blue-collar person out of a bar, I guarantee they could kick Batman's ass. I think anyone could kick Batman's ass. Right. I think there are children who could kick Batman's ass. Oh, yeah. Children terrify me. <laughs> like, not all of them, but some of them are very scary. Some of them are bad. <laughs> some of them are bad. I used to work with this tutoring company, and just this kid who would, like, literally just bully me. And he'd come in there, and uh, he'd be like, you know, I'm not learning anything. You're 
you're really not good at your job. I haven't learned anything. I'm like, well, that's not my fault. You're dumb. You're a dumb kid. <laughs> he bullied you. Yeah, he bullied me. He made me feel like I was doing a bad job. I'm like, look, I'm trying as hard as I, I can, but I can only teach you so much. You've got to be willing to learn. Maybe he already like figured out what he was good at in life, and it was bullying people. <laughs> we should like find some organized crime and get involved in that. I do not suggest that for real. Just mm. to clarify, I always feel like if someone's listening to this, they could be like, "You're an asshole." I had a cousin who was in organized crime, and he died. Now it should be an organized crime, and I'd be like, "Obviously, I said that in jest." Right. But now that I have to clarify that I said it in jest. If their cousin is working in organized crime, I don't think we should be worried about them like being offended. I think we should worry about them like putting a hit out on us. I think that's the fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. That's where we'll not mention our addresses. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, oh then, yeah, phone blows up the mine. Yeah, uh, the mine blows up, and the criminals just kind of walk away and say like, well that finishes the mine, finishes Batman too. They say the headline with zero emotion or enthusiasm. Because they said it like ten times now. They keep thinking they killed him, but they're really bad at it. Yeah. Uh, Batman is, this is maybe the laziest time he turns out to be okay. He's just, he's just fine. There's just no real reason. There's just the rubble stacked up in a way that like he's not trapped under right. it. And he's just fine. Uh, Robin asks if Linda is okay. Batman doesn't care. Oh, she fainted again. Yeah, she fainted, and Ron's like, is she okay? And Batman's like, eh, it doesn't matter. To be fair, she faints all the time. Yeah. Maybe she has yeah. narcolepsy. Maybe she's <laughs> just sleeping. Or maybe she's got, like, some serious head injuries. Or, like, and, like nobody's yeah, or, like, a heart condition. Right, right. And everyone's just like, oh, women are frail. <laughs> but uh, maybe stop putting her around explosions. Right. Should be right. for her credit. Uh, so. Oh, they catch a bad guy. Yeah, he sends, or first he, first he sends uh, Robin and, and Alfred to dig through the rubble uh, where he carries Linda out, and then Robin and Alfred dislodge a criminal who is also unscathed uh, and has not even lost his hat. <laughs> didn't know this whole explosion happened. No one was hurt. No one's hat came off in this explosion. Yeah. If only. That's how it really works. Yeah. So they lock him in the, uh, the, the trailer for their car. Uh, so the criminals assume... They assure Daku that uh, the Batman is dead, and oh, I, I figured out who Daku sounds like. He sounds like Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Oh yeah. He totally is like, we must get. I can't do a Brando impression. I can't either. Yeah. But if you listen to it, we must get the Batman. That's a bad. But it's like vocal. also like. Meh. It's like a higher pitched Brando. We must get the Batman. Yeah. We, we must got get the, the Batman. Bat yeah, that's good. That's good right there. A weird alien. Mm, Batman. So, uh, Linda is back at the cabin with Alfred. Yes. And um, Batman and Robin come inside as their like civilian selves. Uh-huh. And Linda was like, "Oh, I thought you got exploded in the explosion <laughs> in the mine." And Bruce was like, "No, we uh, didn't even make it to the mine. We laid down by the roadside to take a nap." <laughs> Because apparently, in 1943, the very rich and the very poor shared leisure activities. Right, right. Sleeping on the side of the road. I mean, he's... I see what they're going for with this idea of, like, Bruce Wayne is supposed to be kind of this playboy, dilettante, like, just lazy guy who, like, that's part of his secret identity is that he... People's, like... 
like, oh, he can't possibly be the Batman. He's such a goofy place. This is like, he's lazy to the point. He's like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. It's like lazy to the point. Like, <laughs> if I were Linda, I'd be like, I'm concerned about you. Something is wrong. Are you okay? Are you right. depressed? Right. Should we see You're a doctor? He's falling asleep in the, in the middle of the road. Right. And like, he's, he's like, um, like having trouble waking up before noon to go meet your uncle. And also, not to like play into this whole thing of like Batman and Robin are gay, but like how often do two men sleep together like that? Like at one point we realized Robin lives with him. Right. They live in the same house. Like yeah. is there like I always just be like, oh that's stupid. Why would anyone say that? That's stupid. And now watching this I'm like I don't know. It feels pretty blatant to me. Batman also refuses to go anywhere without Robin. Like That's they're true. On like dates with Linda together. It's like a reverse beard. Yeah. <laughs> like. But, but like, how if your boyfriend had just uh, like had a buddy who he like insisted on bringing to like every date with you? I would not be dating him. Yeah. I would not be dating him. It's like having someone like sit in the room with you like while you're having sex. Yeah. Like, if that's something you're into every now and then, like, good for you. I'm not going to judge your sex life. But, like, all the time? It feels like all the time would be weird. I mean, there have been moments in this where Batman, Linda, like, wants to go somewhere, and his excuse is like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, Dick I, has a thing, so. I promised Robin I'd take him to the amusement park. <laughs> right, right. Ooh. But there have been times where he didn't even say he had something to do. He's like, oh, Robin has to right. do this thing, so uh, I wish I could, but I Robin but can't really, come. Ah, can't what am I going to do? Go somewhere without Robin? How would that, how would that even that. work? How would I go on a date with you without bringing this 16-year-old chaperone? I'm also interested to see how long into the series it takes for Batman to start driving his own goddamn car. <laughs> you know? Because he does not drive. He does not drive. Alfred drives always. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I think it kind of plays into... No, that doesn't even really play into the, the rich Playboy thing. Because even as Batman, he doesn't drive. No. He never drives. I feel like rich people drove by this point. Yeah. I know they did, because, spoiler alert, in Down Abbey, um, one of the best characters is driving and dies in a car crash. And he's very wealthy. Does this... I feel like maybe we're missing some things by not being around in 1943. So maybe there's... I don't know what we're supposed to infer from the fact that Batman doesn't drive. Is this just showing off how absurdly wealthy he is? Uh, maybe. I just, it, to me, it feels like another, like, <laughs> sorry, a big bird just stood on top of a little bird outside. <laughs> He's doing it again. Oh, shit, I think you're having sex. I don't think maybe so, because he just keeps hopping on, hopping off. Yeah. Maybe this is foreplay. I don't know. I don't know. Are they having sex? Anyways. Sorry, Birdman. <laughs> um, but like, is this something? If we had seen this in 1943, would this stand out as something weird that he refuses to drive? Maybe not. But to me, it's like now I'm like watching it, especially because, like, I think so tied up in the iconography of Batman is the Batmobile and Batman yeah. driving the Batmobile, and right. this is just like this is Alfred just driving the bitchmobile. Yeah, it's just a car. Yeah, it's, it's not literally just a car. It's a nice car. It's a nice car, but it, it's not like a customized, like, doesn't have any kind of gadgets. Also, it feels like, like, I know it was wartime and everything was, like, sparse and, like, everyone was to go to work, so 
still have a chauffeur. Like, keep the butler, keep him in your house so everyone doesn't think that you're, like, a super dickwad. But, like, having a driver almost feels like a, like, thumb in the face of people who are, like, working in factories and men who are fighting in yeah, war. Yeah, I guess so. Batman is not a good American. He's not a good American. And he's pretending to be, uh, to be 4 to get out of the war. You said, had that line in, like, the first or second one, like, to, to explain why he hadn't been drafted. Yeah. Um, but I guess he's helping the war effort by working for the FBI as a vigilante. I want to be an FBI vigilante. <laughs> that sounds like a cool job description. I'm so obsessed by that idea. Like, did he, was he working for the FBI already? And then he's like, hey, guys, I got this idea. I'm going to dress up like a bat and just go hunt down Japs. We need an origin or story. Or <laughs> did the FBI come to him say, like, hey, we want you to, want you to start doing this thing? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so where were we? The criminal? Oh, so Batman and Robin interrogate this criminal, and uh, they, they just leave in the Batcave. Batman does this thing about, like, oh, my bats are going to eat you, blah, 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 blah. And uh, they just leave him there, and he he gets loose and finds this phone that's like in kind of a crevice right. in the bat cave. And uh, Batman, go ahead. They tied him up loosely on yeah. purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted him to, to get loose. Um, and they watch him on like a like a closed circuit TV that has a, a camera that's apparently inside the phone. Yeah. That shows like the, the dial so they can kind of see like what digit he's he's dialing this felt high tech and kind of gadgety I guess for the time yeah but it felt like such a weird way of doing it right having the camera like inside the phone instead of just having something that was like recording what numbers he did that feel I weird mean, the phone number was only five digits long. I didn't even notice that. That's too Nine short. seven three five five. I don't know. I think that's how phone numbers worked back then. Did they? Yeah. Because oh. there were people that like had phone numbers that were like two five six. In some places where there were small numbers of phones, I don't know, but that was the phone number. I feel like there's so much we're missing here by watching by this in 2016. Yeah. With our iPhone sitting next to us. <laughs> I kind of wish we'd watch this with like one of our grandparents or something. And they could have given us some context. That would have actually been a good idea. Yeah. But my grandparents are far away. Yeah. Mine are mostly dead and slightly senile. Mm. You should have used, like, a, a seance. <laughs> seance. Maybe later. I think that would have been the worst use of a seance. They would have come back and why do why are you making me watch this? We got some questions about Batman and his <laughs> historical context. <laughs> like, oh, God, this is so shitty. Why, why did I come back? watch this. They would haunt us. Uh, so then Batman picks up a phone and he pretend he dials the, the number that the criminal uh, tried to dial and uh, he, he calls it and pretends to be a criminal. Or, or he, he He asks if it's a bakery. Yeah. So right. is this the such and such bakery? Right. And the guy's like, no, this is the Sphinx Club. Yeah. And he's like, okay, bye, thanks. <laughs> uh, and then Batman they left the criminal in the cave, right? They just kind of abandoned him there? Yeah, because he can't go anywhere. Right. So Batman dresses up like the criminal, who I, I kept wanting to call this guy. Batman has an alter ego that apparently, I, I did some research, he doesn't show up till the 70s, but it's 
pretty much the exact same character. Uh, uh, he's called Matches Malone, but in this the, he's called Chuck, Chuck White. Chuck White, yeah. So he dresses up like uh, Chuck White, and his like criminal his costume is just like, like he's like a, a gangstery kind of fellow. Yeah, yeah. He's got like an actual. It's not just like his button is undone. He's got a cigarette. He's got like a fake like nose. Yeah. And like a whole whole thing going on. Uh, so he goes into the Sphinx Club and he asks for some guy named Marshall. Mm-hmm. And uh, Marshall's the guy that's back in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> the criminal. I. They they had the the best line reading ever. He just says, uh, "Marshall gone to a place where he can't identify anyone. That he's dead." <laughs> There's just <laughs> no pause in that. I like the how to get it. Mine explosion. No further <laughs> questions. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, it's a hazard of the job. Yep, that happens. That happens. That happens. Mine explosion is like the third leading cause of death. This is Apparently. 1943. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, man, I also like mine. how to get it. Like, I feel like I want to start asking people when they're like, oh, my uncle died. How, how to, to get, get it. it. <laughs> like, that's such a dick move. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, as I said that because I was thinking, like, how to get it sounds like so sexual. Oh, that's like, true, yeah. yeah. How to get it. Oh, up the butt. Yeah. <laughs> that, I'm going to actually start asking people about it in that context now. Like, right. Oh, did you sleep with them, the new guy? How'd you, how'd you how'd get you it? How'd you get it? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I totally got this made This is making night. me oh, yeah? a worse person. <laughs> this is making me a worse person, and I didn't think that was possible, but it is proving to be so. It's so shitty. This movie is so shitty. It's like a horcrux. Yeah. Like, the more I watch it and, like, talk about it, like, the more I'm like, fuck this. And yeah. when I'm done, I'm like, wow, the world's a beautiful place. Yeah. La, 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 la. I so, I kept, like, putting this off and just dreading oh, watching more of this. Oh, fuck yeah. It was miserable. I just, like, powered through it one day at work. I stayed late, and my boyfriend was working late, so I, like, stayed to hang out. But I was watching this, and I was like, just do it. Just be strong. Just finish this. So, uh, let's keep going. They, they, the Ooh, criminals yeah. want to, uh, they want to search Batman, or pretend to be Chuck White, uh, and he just pulls out a gun, and somebody smacks the, the gun out of his hand, and they grab him, and uh, they're, they're kind of roughing him up, and then Robin throws a rock, Robin's like outside the window, and he throws a rock to the lamp, and then he shines a bat signal onto the wall, and uh, the criminals just all like run outside, right? because they think Batman's out there, and I, this, th- this is one of those moments where I really feel like the, the people who made this just have no understanding of this character. It's Batman's whole thing, he's supposed to be scary. Criminals are supposed to be afraid of him. Right. And the criminals have no fear. No. Like, understandably so, Batman's shitty. And he's wearing sweaty pajamas with a cape. <laughs> yes. Like, and anyone can beat him up. Everyone. And he falls down so much. He has to have vertigo. That's my only explanation. This made me wonder, as I was watching this part, like, how, how long do you think Batman has been operating at this point? Like, People seem to know who he is. The police definitely know who he is. Yeah. Do you think this is, like, early on in his career? It can't be early on if he's working for the FBI at this point. Because there's no no way the FBI hired, like, Batman as, like... They were like, oh, there's this guy in Gotham or wherever he's at. He goes around dressed like like a bat. And the FBI was like, we want that. It had to be the other way around. So... The draft didn't start at the beginning of the war, but probably like two years into it, maybe? I'm guessing here. You think? I think it was pretty early on. Was it really? I assume so. Either way, we're like pretty 
far into World War II at this point. Right. So he's probably been at this a year or two at least. Uh, so he so should be better. Yeah. I mean, a year or two is still, like, early on to the end of the Batman career, but it, it just, I feel like a Batman is supposed to be, like, this kind of almost urban legend that criminals talk about, and you're not totally sure if he's even real, but he kind of strikes from the shadows when they're afraid of him, and there's just none of that. No. No one has any fear. No one's intimidated by Batman. It's just, like, this nuisance. Yeah. So Batman uh, just jumps off a roof, Somehow he, he made it from inside the building dressed as Jeff White to on top of the roof dressed as Batman right. in like five seconds. He jumps off a roof and he manages to land directly between two criminals without hitting either one of them. Which seems counterintuitive. Like if you're going to drop off of a roof, you should use that momentum to That's, squash people. That would people. be like the whole point of jumping off a roof. Right, right, right. He manages to hit no one. It's yeah. almost like a feet of acrobatics who's so close to hitting both of them right. to manage it neither one. All I had to do is stick his hands out. Right. Boom, there you go. Yeah. Also, they're at a shipyard? Yeah. What? what? I, I don't know. No, nothing about this made any sense. Uh, Robin is on a boat now and so the criminals run at him and he, he does this move where he grabs onto a pipe and they just kind of flails around in the air and kind of kicks ineffectually and they both Parkour. just... Yeah. He's just not even really kicking. He's just kind of flailing his, his legs, and they both just fall down. <laughs> like he just barely touches them. And uh, and then they, they both just are knocked unconscious, and he dives off the side of the boat. Uh, so then this, this criminal grabs an axe, and rather than try and use it on Batman, he just kind of taps it against the rope that's holding up the gangplank. He's not even, like, chopping with it. Right. He's just kind of pushing it and kind of tapping against Axes the rope. Axes are hard to use. <laughs> very complicated. Like, nobody knows how to use anything or do anything. It's like an infomercial. Yes. Like a before part yes. of an infomercial. Yes. That's exactly what it's like. It's in, like, black and white, like an infomercial. No one can, everyone has so like much Like the lady that opens the cabinet to get a piece of Tupperware and it all, like, falls down on her. This whole thing is like an infomercial for utility belt. That is barely ever used. Yeah, well, if it if it had at the end gone to, like, color, and Batman had, like, this utility belt, I was like, oh, now I can defeat criminals. Yeah, that would absolutely work. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, thank God, someone got him this thing. Thank <laughs> that would have been such a God. better ending than the, I, I don't want to skip that, but the ending is terrible. Just yeah. think of everything else about this. Uh, but eventually, his, like, tapping of the rope, he does manage to drop the gangplank of a ship right. on top of Batman. Right. Batman has been knocked out, and he's just laying under the gangplank. And uh, so the gangplank drops on top of him. That's the end of part nine. Uh, we pick up on part ten, the flying spies. So Batman rolls out of the way of the gangplank and into the water at the last second. And then he, uh, maybe not into the water, I think he just rolls away. And he, he runs to the car where Alfred drives him home. Can I just... By this point, I'm really starting to get disappointed that Batman is not dying. Yeah. Like, I was almost like, kill Batman. Let Robin be Batman. He's better at Batman. You know what would have made this so much more interesting is if I understand they want to leave every episode in, like, a cliffhanger and, like, have a reason people want to come back and see how it turns out. Even if they'd had, like, Robin be in danger sometimes or Linda be in danger. Or if, Alfred. Or Alfred. It's just something... Someone besides Batman had been in danger. Like, when your hero is always the one who needs to be saved, like, 
it makes them not so heroic. Yeah. And it also makes it just so boring and formulaic. Every time right. it's always Batman. Yeah. I don't know. It must have been much easier to write things back in the 40s. Like, I don't know. In this part where Alfred is driving Batman home, he yes. says, May I help you with your costume, sir? And Batman says, No, the Batman and Robin still have work to do. <laughs> and I just thought that was such an absurd exchange. Like, with your costume, sir? <laughs> oh, Batman. Uh, so Alfred drives him home. They go to the front door, and they reveal that the, the criminal is still in the cave. They, they, they just, like, imprisoned this guy right, right. in the cave. Um, they, they grab him, and they, they again, they push him out of a moving car in front of the police station. Uh, With a note that says, just another package from the Batman. <laughs> I, I hate this so much. I know. This is so bad. It's just terrible. But we can, we can do it. We're moving along. <sighs> Dr. Daku posits that there is more than one Batman after a criminal claims with zero evidence to have killed Batman under the gang plan. At which point I made a note that says, no, the people who work for you are just startlingly incompetent. Nobody makes any effort to like look for a body or like prove that he's dead. They just like, yeah, he, he's dead. Yeah, who could survive that? Yeah. I dropped a gangplank on him. Yeah. I blew him up in a mine. I dropped a spiky elevator on him. No one could survive that. They don't talk like I that. Pushed, I don't I know why. I pushed down on an elevator button and then ran away. Yeah. yeah. No, nobody's nobody's yeah. going to survive that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know why I talked like that, but it felt right. That's how my cousin died. He got trapped <laughs> in one of them spiky elevators. <laughs> and that's why you should stay away from organized crime. That's how my cousin got it. <laughs> that's perfect. Yes, exactly that. I'm totally going to start saying God thing. Got it, yeah. yeah. It's the best way. Very sensitive. Daka gets a call yeah. from Section 50. Apparently, uh, he's Section 1. That's about a new radium supply. Yes. And so Daka tells Fletcher, the guy that dropped the gangplank on Batman, to stay there to protect himself? Did people not know about plutonium at this point? Like, I know it's, like, before the A-bomb, but just plutonium sounds like such a more exciting word than radium. Also... Literally, like I, I mentioned before, my only knowledge of radium at this point is that it was used to treat cancer yeah. by sewing it inside people's bodies. I think they used it on, uh, on like watches too. They used it to like make the oh, watch yeah. glow. Oh yeah, that's true. Or was that mercury? I don't think mercury glows in the dark, does it? I don't know. Maybe it was radium because the whole paintbrush thing. Yeah, the ladies yeah, yeah. painted the faces and then they got their tongues and then they died. Yeah, and then they got cancer. Dun dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun that's how they got it. Minimum wages. <laughs> that's how you got it. Yeah. How's those women get it? Ah, uh, cancer. Ah, cancer from their watches. Cancer, see? Cancer <laughs> from watch painting. <laughs> um, so then Bruce gets a code message from Washington. And then uh, Linda shows up and wonders why he blew off their date. And he explains he was at an amusement park with Robin. This is <laughs> literally word for word how it happens. Yeah. Linda, why didn't you keep your date with me last night? Bruce. Well, I took Dick to the amusement park, and we had such fun, we lost all track of time. Linda, did you go by yourselves? Batman, why do you ask? No, Linda, he's not cheating on you with another woman. He's cheating on you with his superhero alter ego and also Robin. <laughs> Dick. Batman loves Dick. <laughs> oh, is it too late to change the name of this podcast to Batman <laughs> Loves Dick? I think that maybe it's too late. 
Batman. We can title this episode good. Batman Loves Batman Dick. Batman Loves Dick. Oh, God. We're doing it. Who does, uh, though? And then she speculates. I, I think we might have skipped over some of Linda briefly met Chuck White. Right, and right. He just made a bad impression on her for some reason. So she speculates, again with no evidence, that he was hanging out with Chuck White, uh, who she hates for some reason, and then storms off. Like, this is... She's so paranoid about... Th- this just felt like a weird thing to be paranoid about. Like, she doesn't... Her mind doesn't go to, oh, you're cheating on me. Or, oh, you're cheating on me with an underage boy who you're hanging out with constantly. At this point, we still haven't even had someone define Bruce and Linda's relationship. Right. We don't know what they are. I mean, Officially. We find right. out later. Yes. But... At this point... She, they could be co-workers, they could be brother and sister, they could be boyfriend, On like girlfriend. a third date, they could be yes. on three years of dating. Right. They could be They could married. be platonic fr- friends. Yeah. Either way, Bruce is a huge dick to her. Yeah. But did, didn't that seem weird to you that, like, she's... That's such a weird thing to worry about compared to, like, she... Or she doesn't consider, like, he's cheating on her with another woman. She doesn't even think, like, she's cheating on... He's cheating on her with Chuck White. She's just, like... You're hanging out with that friend of yours who I met one time who I don't like. And then she leaves. I don't know. I just feel like she has to be stupid. Cause like, There's no question she's stupid. Because why would she not question what he does? I get it that he's like really rich, but like, she has a job as a receptionist, and he has nothing to talk about ever because he can't tell her about his secret identity as the Batman. Right. Because it'll endanger her. Although, let's be honest, she does a pretty good job of that herself. Let's, uh, let's keep going. So we've just got... Government message. Yeah. The uh, large amount of radium is stolen from a Michigan hospital. Look for it in your area. Yeah. From someone named Flanagan. Right. And uh, so after Dick tells him the, the decoded message, that man tells him, go upstairs while I change. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I you haven't seen it before, Robert. Right. And also, like, what is that? They're, like, in the living room. Like, that is just going to change in the middle of the living room? And, like, what is... That man's an animal. Right. What is Dick supposed to do upstairs? He knows what to do upstairs. <laughs> uh, Dr. Daku talks about hijacking a radium shipment and uh, recruiting some new members. Uh, then Batman goes back to the Sphinx Club, and a, uh, as uh, Chuck White, and a man offers to hire Chuck as a bodyguard for some reason. This is after they ask him why he ran, and he said it's because he heard Batman's name and he was afraid. Right no one's ever done as a criminal at this point. I mean, that's like the only thing they know about him is that he's afraid of Batman. Like, yeah, you'd make a good bodyguard. That yeah. You're the only... You was the only person... Hey, remember person last time something scary happened and you ran away like a little <laughs> bitch? Remember last time when you were the only person who ran? Yeah, you, you, you sound qualified to be a bodyguard. So they take him to this house where apparently new well, members... Before, before even that, uh, Alfred... They, they go outside. Oh, yes. The, the criminal wants to take him to, to some place, won't tell him where they're going. So Alfred pulls up pretending to be a taxi driver for some reason. And uh, Batman and the man go to an office, and uh, they, they lock Batman and or Chuck White inside, and uh, Dr. Daku watches them through this painting. Like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I literally wrote it in all caps, shifty-eyed sea captain portrait Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> It's very know. Scooby-Doo. Uh, and then they, just after just watching through this painting, they decide to hire him for some reason. Right. 
and then uh, Batman tries to run away as Vivaldi's Rites of Spring begins playing, and then he gets punched in the face. Seems fair. Yeah. So th- there's a guy on an airplane they cut to who looks really nervous. Yeah. I'm going to say that's probably due to the large quantity of stolen radium that he has on his person. Yes. Uh, so the plan is to set off a flare, and then the guy on the plane will drop the radium with a little parachute out of the plane. And then the... Without the plane going down. Right. I, I, that seemed weird to me, too. Like, even in 1943, that's not That's possible, not how right? plane works, no. Like, like, he just, like... He punches yeah. out a window in the bathroom. Right. And drops it out with a parachute, and the plane just keeps going, which would not work. That really bothered me, the way he just punched out the window. <laughs> you can't... I don't... Even, I feel like planes probably were less secure in 1943, but you still can't, can't just punch out a window. Right. Especially without somebody, like, noticing. Right, yeah, nobody notices <laughs> this. Or, like, the plane, like, like, the next person that goes in the bathroom being like, whoa, uh, um, excuse me, pilot, there's a hole in the plane. Right, right. Uh, so he just drops the radium out, and then uh, Batman and, and Robin uh, interrupt the, the criminal trying to pick up his radium. Uh, and then they grab the radium, Batman jumps into a car, starts driving around, and a criminal shoots out one of the tires, and Batman crashes. Oh, he actually drives. He oh, drives yeah. for like 12 seconds. That's true. And then a criminal shoots out one of his tires, and he crashes, and the car explodes. Yes. And that's the end. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that part. Then we start right, on yeah. uh, episode 11, a Nipponese trap. Uh, interesting bit of trivia about the word Nipponese. Not a racial slur. But if you were to shorten it to nip, yeah. the way you shorten Japanese to Jap, it is a racial slur. Right. Why is that a thing with Japanese slurs? It's just a shortened version of, like, an okay thing to say. I do not know. It's like you <laughs> you could just say, like, the first half of You say the whole thing, and it's fine. But you say, like, half of it. It's like, whoa, 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 buddy. Add some more syllables onto that Jap. Yeah. I'm missing I, a couple <laughs> syllables there. Still not as bad as slant eyes. That was... No, that's... that's squint bad. eyes? Those yeah. were bad. Yeah. Those... <laughs> it would just be like if you if you said like um, like if wuh was like a racial slur for white people. Right. Or it's like I'm trying to think of another one. Literally no other ethnicity that happens with. Right. The closest thing I can think of is maybe with Chinese people, but you have to add on more to the yeah. first syllable to get it there. Nipponies really sounds racist to me. Mm-hmm. But I, I did a lot of research. It's definitely it's not. It's not, yeah. It's I did totally too. okay. It's kind of antiquated, but it's totally acceptable. Would not call Japanese people Nipponies. No. But still. But they could not, they would not be allowed to be offended if you did. It's technically not bad. Yeah. Uh, so Batman is revealed to have jumped out of the car before it crashed. Right. Uh, the criminals grab the radium, and Batman. <laughs> just kind of sadly gets into Alfred's car, just uh, shoulder slumped. Um, and then they, at the Cave of Horrors, two criminals get into one of the uh, the, the cars, and th- we can see for the first time that uh, this isn't like an electrical, I thought this was like a roller coaster type thing. We can see in this that this is operated by two people, like, pushing the car. Right, and then they just start on a track. And yeah. Like, there you go. Yeah, and j- they just give it, like, a really solid push, and then it just goes. Which is maybe why that guy is partially standing guard there, because when the bad guys get out, someone has to push the car to keep it going. 
You think maybe that's his job to push it again? I think so. I think that's part of his job, like security slash keeping the carts going. Again, I feel like I... Because there, remember like when the first time we saw this, there were like actual people riding this ride. Right. But I feel like even in 1943, they, they had roller coasters, didn't they? Yes. This, this can't have been... Nope. This can't have been normal in 1943. Nope. That you've got a roller coaster that just push operated. No, I have no idea. It has to be like on a slant, maybe. I. That was not a slur at all. <laughs> You're just driving over a Japanese guy. Right. Um. I think Daka at this point says about Batman. That man has more lives than a cat. Yeah. Uh, uh but they they tell Daka they kill Batman again, like they do every episode. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Batman puts on some makeup. And uh, <laughs> again, he just Robin just sitting there um, uh, eating a banana, and Batman tells him to go to bed. Not at all weird. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote down the dialogues. This is so great, Robin. I don't understand his plan, Batman. You better go to bed now. Good night. <laughs> like just not. Like doesn't even explain it. He's just right. like go to sleep, Robin. <laughs> and Robin's like sure. And he just not even finishes his banana. He just walks off to go to bed. Like, I'll you should never leave someone morning. with an unfinished banana. <laughs> which is not nice. Uh, um, criminals decide to kill Chuck White, and Daka gloats that he will create a weapon more destructive than anyone ever dreamed of. Which is true, because no one's dropped a nuclear bomb yet. How much understanding or awareness do you think people had of... Like, I know they had to have been working on... They the were working bombers, on it, but they so. were really secretive about it. Yeah? Like, even the people that lived around where they did the testing didn't really know what it was or, like, what it was for. And that's how so many of them ended up with, like, radium exposure and things like that. Right. So they had no awareness that this was even trying to be created. I don't think so. Okay. I think they knew the government was working on, like, a super weapon, which is, like, this. But, right. like, they had no concept of, like... Because no one in 1943, like, if you walked up to a layman on the street and you'd been like, oh... How do you, what's the most destructive thing in the world? Can you split an atom? People would be like, Adam, what? Yeah, you can cut a guy named Adam in half. I don't know. Like, I feel like the general populace's knowledge of science was not that high. Right, right. I, yeah, that, that feels right. I mean, this, I don't know. I, I, even for this time, though, this laser gun just doesn't feel like it's, has that much potential to be that destructive. I mean, it's... They, they still have, like, dynamite. They still have bombs. Yeah. No. Like well, apparently dynamite's not that effective because you can blow up a mine and people can keep their hats off. <laughs> yeah. No, people don't even lose their hats. Don't even lose that, their hats. <laughs> that is not strong enough to blow off someone's hat. No. Uh, so Robin and... So Batman, uh, dressed as Chuck White, goes to the jail to incriminate... Uh, to interrogate Marshall or whatever the criminal's name was. He gets himself put in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they he kind of interrogates them. He's like, they're in the uh, cells next to each other and they start talking. And then uh, uh, Robin and Alfred show up to bail out Batman. And uh, they, they had this weird moment where um, the guy does not know what Batman's crime is. And he says that he will release him for $30. Right. And then they haggle him down to 28 Like they don't have the money. Yeah, that 
was seemed really weird to say. They also it, say his name's Chuck White. He's my father. Yeah. So they, it's like weird incesty things now. I mean, why are they haggling over? He's supposed to be a multimillionaire. Why are they haggling over two dollars? I don't know. And also, didn't I, thirty dollars seemed incredibly cheap to me for bail? I mean, thirty dollars would have been a lot back then. I actually did the. I, I punched this into inflationcalculator.com. That's the modern equivalent of a little under four hundred dollars, which also seems very cheap for bail. I mean, he didn't commit a crime, so. I don't know. It just seems weird. It's so they pay the guy the money, though. Yeah, they they pay him the money. And then it cuts to two criminals who claim to have bailed out Chuck White. Yeah, Doc gets him. Yeah, which made no sense. Because Doc wanted him dead. But Batman and Robin, or, uh, Robin and Alfred just bailed him out. But the guy said they'll have him out by this evening. Uh-huh. And then, so Alfred and Robin left because they were going to come back for him instead of waiting around. And then Doc was like, well, taking him now. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Why, why even have that scene then where Robin and Alfred bail him out if it, it serves no purpose then. I don't know. It w- would have been so much stronger if they just had DACA clearly bail him out instead of this thing where the criminals just say that they did even though it seems like uh, th- this whole, this is just such a shitty, awful I hate this so much. I know. We just gotta get through it. It'll get better. <sighs> yeah. Hashtag uh, it gets better. <laughs> the criminals hit Chuck White with their car and uh, well, Chuck White gets into a car and then the criminals hit them hit that car with a different car. With like a big storage truck. Yeah. And they declare that that killed him. Well, because it like blows up the cab. Yeah. So that seems fair. But again, they don't bother to check. They just decide like, eh, that killed him. Yep. And uh, there's a hard cut to Batman being treated by a doctor who looks exactly like Hitler. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> you notice, didn't notice that. that? No. The doctor's got like the same kind of like hard comb to the side and like the Hitler mustache. That's weird. Yeah. You think, I feel like people had to have been, like, probably even more than now really aware of, like, the Hitler mustache. Well, it started off as a Charlie Chaplin mustache. You don't think, though, that by that point it was associated with Hitler? I don't... Maybe. But, like, what would it mean if Hitler was helping America and the Japanese were bad? Hitler was helping America? Well, but if he's helping... If we're looking at this as, like, a, a larger scale, like, political propaganda, that would mean that Hitler was helping America... By pretending to be a doctor? And yeah, so that the <laughs> America could continue fighting the Japanese? I just don't... I mean, the Japanese did last longer on World War II than yeah. the Germans. I, I but by this point, Hitler was still a thing. Yeah. I don't think it's literally supposed to be Hitler. I just think it's a weird, disconcerting thing to have someone looking exactly like Hitler to show up in a scene for no reason. I, I, if I saw someone today wearing a Hitler mustache, I would be, like, very uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Like... Michael Jordan did it for a while. Did he really? He did. Wow. I was thinking Dennis Rodman maybe could pull it off. But he has so many weird things that you'd be like, Yeah. Eh. It wouldn't... I don't think he has, but it wouldn't be that shocking. Like, exactly. Did. Like, uh, But this is like, even... I- if you just had a... Just some character in like a romantic comedy, like the, the best friend in a romantic comedy, just has a Hitler mustache. Ooh, and no. it's like never addressed... No, it's no, like, you bad. wouldn't think it was literally supposed to be Hitler. You'd just be really, you'd be so focused on that the whole time. Right. Like, why does he have that mustache? You're like, oh, what'd you think of the movie? What'd you think of the mustache? Right. That guy had? Does it remind you of anybody? Or right. Just it's just such, it, that just felt really weird to me. But um, <laughs> they just, 
the, the doctor just declares that he's fine. He just got out of an exploding car, and it's just a hard cut to the doctor saying, like, you're fine. And right. just no sense of any kind of, they don't even have any kind of a suspense about, like, oh, did he make it out? Like, um, seconds later, you're totally fine. Right. No injuries from being in a car that exploded. Uh, By the way, I'm telling you, explosions are not that dangerous. Yeah. Explosions are not dangerous. Batman can get beat up so easily, but he's explosion-proof. Yeah. Uh, so then it cuts to, uh, like, a, a ro- Batman and Robin on a road. Yeah. With a private road keep-out sign. Yes. They do not keep out. Right. They are on foot. They hop the fence with great difficulty. Very, very much they difficult. They had so much trouble with this fence. I mean... It took them, like, a solid two minutes to get over this they fence. They looked like me after Thanksgiving trying to do anything or, like, buttoning my pants. It was a lot of effort. We talked a little bit about how Lewis Wilson, the guy who plays Batman, is, is not in great shape, mm-hmm. but I feel like he acts like he's in much worse shape than he actually is. I think so, too. Like, he looks like he's in okay shape. Yeah. But he acts like he's really fat. Right. He's not that big. No, he's in, like, average person. I've okay. seen way fatter people do way more athletic things. Uh, Batman walks, just walks in through the front door of mm-hmm. this hideout and just starts punching people. Robin grabs a gun and starts pointing it. This moment bothered me so much because it's this more than anything else. This says to me that these people do not understand who Batman is as a character. So I love the idea of Robin getting a gun, but the fact that Batman did not care. Batman to be a vigilante who dresses like a bat makes no goddamn sense. And the only way, if he's going to be a vigilante, it would make so much more sense for him to just be like the Punisher or Rambo or something and be shooting everyone. So the fact that he doesn't have a gun, you have to have like a clear reason why he just doesn't go that way. And normally they make a big thing about how Batman is so anti-gun. To have Batman not give a shit. Because killed by guns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To have yeah. Batman not give a shit about guns means like why doesn't he just have guns all the time? Right. That would make so much more sense if he was just shooting He's everyone. He's not a great fighter. He should rely on weapons. That would make so much more sense. Yeah. This would be a much more interesting movie if Batman... Much shorter, too. Uh, yeah. It would it, it would be a weird choice, and a, at least it would be an interesting choice if Batman were shooting people. Right. And now it just makes no goddamn sense why he doesn't... I That made me so angry. A criminal just pistol whips Batman and punches Robin, who has a gun but just doesn't use it. Right. And uh, they pull off Batman's mask and reveal he's uh, Chuck White. Uh, which I actually kind of like that moment. That was... Yeah. That that was, I was like, oh, this is like actually plot. It reminded me of there's this moment in uh, uh, a comic book called Batman Year Two where Batman does kind of the same thing. And anyone who's listening to this who gets that reference... Uh, you're reading too much Batman. There's <laughs> no one. No one should read Batman Year Two. It's not good. You need to go outside. Uh, it's not good Batman. Neither is this. Well, I I spend too much time with Batman. They they beat up Robin, who has called the police in this radio, and a uh, criminal sets up a bomb. Batman's just li- lying there, unconscious. He opens his eyes. He pretends to still be unconscious. Willie watches the criminal set up the bomb. Right. 
waits until the criminal has actually set set the bomb in motion and then jumps up and starts beating him up and won't let him escape. Right. Why does he why is he pretending to be unconscious? What does he gain? Maybe the upper hand? Um I don't know. I think maybe he's like seeing how many people are still left there and it it all comes down to that like last minute escape which has to happen. Yeah. You know? That's the only thing I can think of is it just ratchets up the the tension. Um, do you want to go through part 12 or should we save that for the next time? Um, let's save that for next time. Yeah, let's, let's, 12 let's through 15. Cool. Next time. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that's been part part 3, Ro- Batman Loves Dick. Batman Loves Dick. It's uh, true, he does. So from, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, let's, do you have anything you want to plug? you want to plug your Twitter? Oh yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Amalfi Broad. Um, you can also probably find me by searching my name. I'm just a plain-looking white lady. <laughs> Chelsea Jackson is her name. Oh, that's me, yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Danny Rathbun, or you can uh, uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, like the, uh, the Facebook page for the show, subscribe, rate us. All those things are good, and they help us. And I want to give a shout-out if I can find her email address. I want to give a shout-out to Allison Underwood who did our logo. She did a fantastic job. Super cool. Check out our website. Yeah, alisonunderwood.com. Uh, so I think that's it. Yeah, until next week. Yeah, bye.